0: True, there were still people who wanted to see in this breakfast an unfair means of influencing the observers, but that was going too far, and if they were asked whether they wanted to undertake the observer's night-shift for its own sake, without the breakfast, they excused themselves. But nonetheless they stood by their suspicions. However, it was, in general, part of fasting— that these doubts were inextricably associated with it. For in fact, no one was in a position to spend time watching the hunger artist every day and night, so no one could know, on the basis of his own observation, whether this was a case of truly uninterrupted, flawless fasting. The hunger artist himself was the only one who could know that, and, at the same time, the only spectator capable of being completely satisfied with his own fasting. But the reason he was never satisfied was something different. Perhaps it was not fasting at all which made him so very emaciated that many people, to their own regret, had to stay away from his performance because they couldn't bear to look at him. For he was also so skeletal, out of dissatisfaction with himself, because he alone knew something, that even initiates didn't know—how easy it was to fast. It was the easiest thing in the world. About this he did not remain silent, but people did not believe him. At best they thought he was being modest. Most of them, however, believed he was a publicity seeker or a total swindler, for whom, at all events, fasting was easy because he understood how to make it easy and then had the nerve to half admit it. He had to accept all that. Over the years he had become accustomed to it. But this dissatisfaction kept gnawing at his insides all the time, and never yet, and this one had to say to his credit, had he left the cage of his own free will after any period of fasting. The impresario had set the maximum length of time for the fast at forty days. He would never allow the fasting to go on beyond that point, not even in the cosmopolitan cities. And in fact he had a good reason. Experience had shown that for about forty days one could increasingly whip up a city's interest by gradually increasing advertising, but that then the people turned away. One could demonstrate a significant decline in popularity. In this respect, there were, of course, small differences among towns and among different countries, but as a rule, it was true that forty days was the maximum length of time. So then, on the fortieth day, the door of the cage, which was covered with flowers, was opened. An enthusiastic audience filled the amphitheatre. A military band played. Two doctors entered the cage in order to take the necessary measurements of the hunger artist. The results were announced to the auditorium through a megaphone, and finally two young ladies arrived, happy about the fact that they were the ones who had just been selected by lot, seeking to lead the hunger artist down a couple of steps out of the cage, where on a small table a carefully chosen hospital meal was laid out. And at this moment, the hunger artist always fought back. Of course, he still freely laid his bony arms in the helpful outstretched hands of the ladies bending over him, but he did not want to stand up. Why stop right now after forty days? He could have kept going for even longer, for an unlimited length of time. Why stop right now, when he was in his best form? Indeed, not yet even in his best fasting form. Why did people want to rob him of the fame of fasting longer, not just so that he could become the greatest hunger artist of all time, which he probably was already, but also so that he could surpass himself in some unimaginable way, for he felt there were no limits to his capacity for fasting. Why did this crowd, which pretended to admire him so much, have so little patience with him? If he kept going, and kept fasting longer, why would they not tolerate it?